Well, hey, everybody, welcome to the Paranormal Peeps podcast. Uh, we've been rambling for a long time before Josh finally decided to hit <laughs> hit record, <laughs> and probably for good reason. It's my fault. I'll, I'll take no, that. No, it's, it's good. We were just uh, talking trash about everyone and everything. <laughs> about and, you. And politics. And about, yeah, about, <laughs> about me? Oh, it was about you at home. We were talking about you. No. Just kidding. Never. <laughs> No, we were rambling about kids and dating and yeah. Anyway, so, because we all have teenage kids. <laughs> we'll just leave it with that. Some of them are actually listening to the show. Well, anyway, welcome to the Paranormal Peeps podcast. Uh, it is uh, the Saturday. We're recording this Saturday after St. Patty's Day. So it's been St. Patty's week all week. I hope you had a great week. I hope it was full of green stuff and lots of sugar and gold. And you got to be a little bit Irish. And you weren't so. green, and I was hoping to get pinched, but it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> I'll pinch you anytime you want to be pinched. Ooh. Yeah, ooh. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit more over there. <laughs> Let's try some of that, please. Anyway, ooh, I got some too. So, yeah, so we do want to talk about some, uh, just in honor of St. Patrick's Day, we did want to talk about some, or some Irish type uh, things that are in the supernatural, paranormal um, realm, realm, fantasy, whatever you want to call it. Things that go spookiness and bump in the night and some of the legends, folklore, fantasy. I'm rambling. Why are you looking at me? I don't know. I'm looking at everyone. Except for Lara. I look down. Lara's so, looking at her phone. Yeah, like, I look down so I don't have to make eye contact with like, any of She's like, if I don't look interested, then they'll leave me alone. <laughs> Nice. So we did we uh, just jumping right in. Well, sure. Well, first before we do that, let's talk about uh, a couple things. Uh, Terry, I think you had uh, some some listeners that we've talked to over the last week. That, uh, yeah, I wanted to give a couple shout outs to Kayleen, to Leslie, and to Poe. Shout out! Thanks for actually listening to the show and not saying bad things about us. <laughs> you three ladies and, are wonderful, and for giving constructive feedback, we appreciate it. So keep up the good work. Uh, if uh, you uh, have the ability to comment or to rate things, um, Lara's stroking something. Lara has, <laughs> Lara, Lara has a listener's ghost story that was submitted. Um, well, do we do that at the end, though? If you have, I was going to say, if you have any reviews, go ahead and leave us reviews. If you listen to on iTunes, I know that's one where you can go in and leave a leave a review. Like review. Like yeah, like things. Make if you us, give us a review or we'll read it. Make us feel good about ourselves because. Things are just sad. I also wanted just to say how much we're missing one of ours tonight. Elisa's Wait, Elisa's not, not here. Holy cow, what happened there? With us. Where'd she go? We waited so long for her to show up at our house right now. <laughs> and we're like, Elisa's not coming. <laughs> just hold okay. down on us all. We miss you, Elisa. Elisa, we know that you emailed your eye. Your family is in our thoughts and prayers. Hope everything gets better. Uh, with that, uh, I do want to just uh, thank everybody for listening so far. I keep thanking people for listening. I'm still shocked that people actually listen to us. <laughs> it just, That's a miracle. It, just, it is a miracle, honestly. <laughs> so um, with that, does anything else, anybody have anything else to add before we just jump into talking about Irish folklore and spooks? Which, who's Lara was, here? Lara was going to... Oh. Yes. Oh my gosh, we haven't even introduced ourselves. That is a great point. <laughs> Josh, it really sucks we don't have an itinerary on this. 
There were I apologize for the, uh, the lack of organization this week. all over the place. Well, yes. this is this is why we don't get paid to do this. Yeah. We are a bunch of amateurs and novices. That's why you so, listen to us. So thank fun. you for listening to us. <laughs> I'm going to do that all day. Thank you for listening. <laughs> so just to let you know who's here, um, I'm the loud and obnoxious and crazy one wearing a kilt tonight. But I do have stuff underneath because it's a family show. And I didn't want you at home to be worried about that. So uh, I'm Mike. I'm your, uh, your 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 guide for the moment. Uh, to my left, we have Josh. And to yeah. his to Jamie. His, to his left is Jamie, and I'm Laura. And I'm Terry. Okay, now we know who's here. And Elisa is not with us. She's no longer with us. But she will be back. What's buzzing? She's here in spirit. Sorry, I'll shut Bobby. it off. <laughs> like, wasn't me. Whose phone is buzzing? No, it was Lars. Uh, Lars is playing with things. Um. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, All right. Okay. All right. What's so funny? Goodbye, okay, hold, on, hold on. Hold on. He's ex- okay. I'll explain it. When that was buzzing. Laura's like, I'm sorry, I'll turn it off. Oh, I got that. <laughs> I just skimmed right over. He was it explaining I'm, to Jamie what, to Jamie. what oh, okay. she was saying. Gotcha. Okay. So you did have Laura a review, though, right? Laura yeah, totally. Or no, is this is the review? It's a story. Or a story? It's a story. It's a story from one of our listeners, Tony. Is it a good story? It's a good story. Is it? Yeah, it is. It's pretty if, good. If it's not, do I get to like be a judge? Can I be like a mean guy and go? Yeah. Like give raspberries. Let's do like the gong show. If you don't yes. like it, let's gong. Yes. <laughs> that really like, just dated everybody in the room. That we actually know what the gong show is. Well, I think there was a remake. There of was it. a remake just a couple of years ago because the Wicked Tinkers were on it. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you don't have to be too old. Now you're saying who's the Wicked Tinkers? But if you Pretty don't, much. if you don't know who the Wicked Tinkers are, they're you're not Scottish. They're you a Scottish, Scottish Celtic band. And if you don't know what the gong show is, it's the game show you go on, and if your act sucked, it's kind of like America, like uh, America's Got Talent. America's Got Talent. Instead of like the X's, just three X's, uh, you just get a gong. They just get a big gong, and you can, once you got a gong, you had to stop. You were done. Seriously, go look up the Wicked Tinkers, and you'll enjoy their music. They're really good. Okay, so this comes from Tony, um, one of our listeners. We appreciate him listening. And he says, what got me into the paranormal was my first realization that something was different than... I'd ever felt before. I was probably about eight to 10 years old when my mom brought me to visit a relative who had passed during the Civil War in a Confederate prison camp in Andersonville Prison in Georgia. I remember looking out over where Stockade was located and without really having a true understanding of what happened there, I just felt such sorrow and misery and pain from that area. I was just standing there looking out over the field after having visited the graveyard and I felt overwhelmed by all of the death that occurred there. It all hit me at one time and afterwards I started exploring those feelings with other areas. I was near a tree with some morning doves in it and to this day whenever I hear a morning dove it instantly brings me back to that spot that day and that feeling I had at Anderson Prison. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Tony. Thank you. You get a free window clean and a keychain. I'm not going to go on you. 
But it would have been cooler if there would have been like some like gigantic specter that rose out of the ground and then went from like a, an old lady to like a skeleton thing like in Ghostbusters. That would have been cool. Was Just saying that would have been, plasma? right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I'm just teasing you, Tony. Um, well, if you want your story read, what do you need to do? Yeah, if you want your story read, what do you need to do? Well, you can go to our CPR uh, site on Facebook and you can message us there. Uh, let us what's, what's the site? CPR, Cold Spot what Paranormal is, Research. There we go. <laughs> so go to Cold Spot Paranormal Research on Facebook and just submit your story. You can do it. Um, I usually will post something. And you can do it in the comments, but if you prefer to do it in Messenger, that's fine too. Submit your story, and if we pick your story to share on our next podcast, we will give you a keychain and some winning. Huzzah! So you can also come to our Paranormal Peeps podcast group on yes. Facebook as well, and you can share it there. Yeah. All right. They're connected. So with that being said... Check us out on social media. If you haven't been there, let's do it now. We talk about it at the end, but let's do it now. So what are all of our social medias? You can find us on Instagram at coldspot underscore paranormal underscore research. Got that? Underscore. <laughs> Exclamation Come follow point. us. Come follow us. We'll eventually post some amazing things. Actually, we already do. <laughs> well, eventually. Eventually, I'll get on Instagram. <laughs> eventually, I'll start can actually getting on Instagram. we some stuff about the... Jersey Devil and there we go. And yeah, there's stuff that's There's so a Mari Povich post. Eventually, Mike's going to get on social media. I'm kind of the old fart. If you want to talk to me, call me on my landline. <laughs> Send smoke signals. Send me a letter written in cursive. <laughs> I'm one of the few people that can still read it. All right. Uh, what are other social media places? Uh, you can find us on YouTube at Cold Spot. Paranormal Research. And you can also find us on the web uh, right now at uh, paranormalhope.com. All right. So, with that, let's dive into some, uh, we can dive into it too, and do some Irish lore. So, uh, we did the, there's so much out there that uh, we could have covered. And you could go through like the, the inter- searching the interwebs, you could go for days. And still not learn all the amazing things there are about the Irish lore and the, some of the the fun and scary things and some of the really cool things. So we did have to cut it down to, what did we go with, five? Roughly five? Roughly five. Five and a half, maybe? Because those leprechauns are kind of small, so they're, they're kind of half size. <laughs> and that's not a racist comment either. They're just little people, so they're just half size. So, except unless you watch uh, Supernatural, and then the leprechaun in that one was, he was full size. Yeah, he was. He was full size. So, anyway, uh, let's uh, talk about it. So, uh, Josh, you, uh, you've got one that you were really excited to talk to us about. Tell us about uh, about uh, the Dullahan. So, the interesting thing is the Dullahan uh, is kind of uh, interesting because it, it spans multiple cultures. So... Um, it's also known as uh, the headless horseman. So if you think about it from like American culture, right, we have the legend of Sleepy Hollow, and that story is kind of derived from the Dullahan story itself. There's also a mention in uh, Arabia. There's a headless uh, horseman type creature 
in uh, Arabia and then throughout Europe and itself. This story kind of moves around quite a bit. But according to one legend, the Dullahan came into existence after the 6th century missionaries showed up in Ireland. The Celtic people at the time worshipped many gods, and among them was Crom Doth, a fertility god that required human sacrifices. And the, the humans were sacrificed by decapitation. Well, that's nice. Pleasant. Well, it's one of the better ways to be sacrificed. I'd take that over burning any day. Yeah, at least it's quick, right? It's quick. Allegedly. I don't know. I've never... Uh, have you ever asked anybody who's been decapitated how it went? <laughs> well, it's a little bit of chicken. I mean, they still flop around for a minute, so maybe it's not as quick as we think it is. It's just like a chicken running around his head. That's not possible, right? Yeah. But does the brain know? Does the brain feel that? I don't know. Let's research. Yeah, let's research. That's our next topic for next week. We're going to talk about ways to die and then how, I do, When I go and talk feels. to Mary Queen of Scots, I'll ask her. Yeah. <laughs> she is an ancestor of ours, so. I volunteers to read. To be beheaded? What? <laughs> she volunteers a tribute to go talk to Mary Queen of Scots. No, 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 no. I'll no, we had her, Let's right? go ahead and... <laughs> Um, this isn't the Hunger Games. There's no tributes. <laughs> no. We got off way, Tommy. Way Sidebar. I'm just in the name of research. I'm willing to help the team. I'm sorry. How about we just do the, the bucket of blood on your face? <laughs> Go ahead. All right. So um, after the Celtic, Celtic people converted to Christianity, it is said that Cromdoth was so infuriated that it took the form of a headless man and took the name Dullahan. Which actually means dark man. Yes, you know that's awesome. So there's other beliefs out there that the Dullahan is a type of dark fairy tasked with roaming the countryside, collecting the souls of people who are doomed to die. So that kind of sounds more like um, our kind of belief in like the angel of death, like the Grim Reaper. The Grim Reaper. So a Dullahan is described to be dressed in long black cloaks, riding a massive black steed that has sparks and fire shooting from its nostrils and eyes. Other reports have it, um, not just one horse, but a team of six demonic horses pulling a carriage. By the way, if they're shooting fire, it's like ghost riders in the sky. <laughs> See the Irish influence in country music, country western music. Ghost Riders. No, that sounds cool. I, I like personally. I like the one horse better. Yeah, the one horse sounds more believable in a sense. Does it? <laughs> well, it kind of does, actually. Um, it is said that it carries in one hand a whip made from the human spine, and in the other hand a severed head. And then it's said that if the head. It is said that the head glows green and acts as a lantern. And um, when the Dullahan stops, it will cry out the name of the person who is going to die. <laughs> so just don't let him stop. Exactly. Um, and then it is also it's also reported that if the eyes of the of the head um, lock or catch you or spot you, that it will use its whip and whip out one of your eyes, or it will drench you in a basin full of blood. But where does the blood come from? 
<laughs> probably the person who died. His innards. His innards. <laughs> Just carries a bucket of blood inside of him. Under his cloak. It's a giant mosquito. <laughs> that just it pops. It comes oh. from the head. It's under his cloak. He just pulls it out and takes the Tupperware lid off. Well, yeah. here's the thing, though. So, so he stops, right? And he calls out the name of the person who dies. And him calling it out actually pulls the soul or the spirit out of that person who dies, right? That's what it... So maybe somehow he pulls out a little bit more than that and then just has a little bit of reserve of like a water balloon of blood. Well, he probably and then if you look, bags. then if you look, he's like, and you just bam, and you get smashed in the face with blood. And he's on a steed. Could have saddlebags in a Tupperware container with blood. Or pig's blood. Well, it is also said that the, you know, the horses travels the horse or horses travels so fast that the friction from their hooves is said to set hedges on fire along the side of the road. Which again, I'm thinking like the movie Ghost Rider with Nicolas Cage. Great show if you haven't seen it. Okay, well, it's Nicolas Cage, so. I make it. It's. Well, it's. Okay. I, I was going to throw the qualifier in there. It's like, it's Nicolas Cage. I mean, come on. <laughs> but, uh. Anyway, so the. The friction sets these horse, you know, everything on fire. So maybe he's just going so fast that it just. Sucks up blood from something. Something somewhere pops because it's just. You know? Yeah. Too much friction. Sense. Yeah. It's ectoplasm. Maybe it's just ectoplasm. ectoplasm. Yeah. It's phantasmic blood. just falls on you. So it, it's also said that um, you, there is some protection from the Dulaha. Unless your name is the one that it's called. And then you're pretty much toast. So, and the interesting thing is that it's actually gold. So if you drop gold on the ground or carry it, it's reported... That the Dulahan will leave you alone. Just like the weirdest Irish like thing at all, because like gold is actually for some reason it says that he's afraid, has an irrational fear of gold, right? So, Whereas like I thought all the other Irish things were like love gold. Gold right. is weakness. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's a weakness. But would it make it irrational so, though? Like, wouldn't it? Like, if you're actually afraid of something, wouldn't it be a rational fear of something? I don't know, but the one thing that I had on, on my notes, I said it was an irrational fear of gold, and even a tiny amount might be enough to frighten him off. So as long as you have a pet leprechaun, which we'll get into that, then you're safe, right? Should be. Or, you know, I just carry a gold nugget in my pocket all the time. Just get a gold Are you sure it's real gold and not pirate? Get a gold band, a gold ring. Gold ring. Woo-hoo. Flip him the bird every time one comes by. <laughs> but yeah, Make sure the ring's on the right finger. But you have to take it off and throw it at him. Yeah. These days, everybody has those silicone rings, so yeah, that's so right. it sucks to be you kids. <laughs> um, in in ancient times, uh, there were festivals for Kroth, Kromdoth, and so it is said that during those times, which is late August and early September, that is, that is when it is the Dulahan is most seen rolling the countryside. Awesome. So, um, does anyone have any? Wonderful, fun sightings of said creature. No, I saw him last Thursday. <laughs> you were in Ireland last Thursday. No, I saw him. Sorry, I was on Wednesday. I wasn't every well. Every place becomes Ireland on St. Patrick's Day. So. Oh, that's true. No, I've never seen and nor want to ever see. Because if I see it and I watch, then I'm either going to get blood in my face or I'm going to go blind. And when I, life's hard enough well, as it is. Not if you throw your ring at him. 
And just throw your ring at him. You're good. My wife would kill me. I'm more afraid of her than I am of the. Would you rather your wife kill you or he he kill you? I'll buy you a new one. Oh. Um, what is silicone one? It's like cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> Those fifty like, cent down yeah. the pizza store. Yeah, it's a spider ring. Yeah, <laughs> I I got it playing skee ball. Okay. So, Only took five hundred tickets. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. That's a low number. <laughs> no, for a spider like, ring. Spider rings are at least a thousand. I mean, come on. <laughs> We're, we're talking at least five dollars of ski ball here before you're <laughs> before you get a spider ring. I'm really good at ski ball. I'm saying if you can turn five dollars into five hundred tickets on ski ball. That's actually pretty impressive. Yeah, but you can still only get like a spider ring for five hundred tickets. So what I found very interesting in in the research for the dual Han is that we're talking something that was created or showed up in the 6th century, so somewhere around 580-ish. But the first reported or reported sighting wasn't until 1828. And so you're, you're talking, what, 1,300 years before anything was actually written down Was that this creature. Was that when the first tabloid like was created was in the 1800s? I think it was recorded before that. Tablet before that, weren't they? I don't know. What are they called? Almanacs? I never learned how to read. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. So the interesting thing is the book that it shows up in is called uh, Fairy Legends and Traditions of the South of Ireland. And it was written by, by a man named Thomas Crofton Croker. Did he claim to see it? No, he's actually reporting like account of accounts from people that I've seen it. So he's really reporting secondhand. Right? So like interviewing people and yeah, interviewing and... interviewing people that have seen it or um, had uh, you know experienced these things. Well, you know, some of that might go back to the the. And this is just speculation on my part, but it goes back to the education of the classes. You know, people in uh, Europe. You know, a lot of people were poor and weren't educated back in. You know, 15, 16, 17s, you know, even back, especially back to the what, 600. So, yeah, most people weren't educated then. You know, it was only like the uh, the people who worked for uh, for the for the royalty or for the church. And even up into the, the 1700s, even the poorer people, even the 1800s, people couldn't, uh, a lot of people couldn't read or, and so written, written things were not really a common, as That's common. Right. And so a lot of things are oral stories. Well, and, and that's true. Like a lot of oral stories and like, oral traditions, and things get passed down that way, right? But then, why is it though that if you're talking about so you're still talking thirteen hundred years of oral history of something being there, right? But still, the the first notion of anything isn't until eighteen hundred. So I get the writing down piece, right? But how is it that no one said, uh, you know? The first known sighting of it was, you know, in like 715. And this is what happened type of deal. Because you know that stuff's got to get passed down somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. My great-great-grandfather said he saw that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So, Croker writes, uh, The death coach is called, uh, called in Irish a coach of Bower. The time of its appearance is always midnight. And when heard to drive round any particular home, 
with the coachman's whip cracking loudly. It is said to be a sure omen of death. The following account of the Dulahan and their coach was communicated to the writer by a lady resident in the neighborhood of Cork. They drive particularly hard whenever a death is going to take place. The people about here thought that the road would be completely worn out with their galloping before Mrs. Spires died. On the night the poor lady darted, they brought an immense procession with them, and instead of going up the road as usual, they turned into Tivoli, the lodge people. According to their own account, were killed from their from them that night. The coach the coachman has a most marvelously long whip, with which he can whip the eyes out of any one at any distance that dare to look at him. What a wiener. I thought it was a spine though. It is a, it, it's a whip made from human spine. Okay. I suppose the reason he is so incensed at being looked at is because he cannot return the compliment. Pawn the count of having no head. What a pity it is none but the Dulahans can go without their heads. Some people's head would be no loss to them or anyone else. Mm. No, I, I, I think politicians typically run around without their... Oh, no, it's the brains. They're like the scarecrow. <laughs> their heads are just buried. <laughs> so... He's cursed your tablet. So they're interesting enough, there's multiple other sightings of the Dulahan, but most of them seem to come from more uh, modern era. And this this last one comes from uh, County Don by W.J. Fitzpatrick. He claims that I seen the Dulahan myself, stopping on the brow of the hill between Bryansford and Moneyscalp late one evening. Just as the sun was setting, it was completely headless, but it held its own head in its hand, and I heard it call out, call out a name. I put my hand across my ears in case the name was my own, so I couldn't hear what it said. When I looked again, it was gone, but shortly afterwards, there was a bad car accident on that very hill, and a young man was killed. It had been his name that the Dulahan was calling. Mm. How did he know? He closed his ears. Well, I think it's. I think it was more of a uh, inference at that point. Okay. Does anybody have anything else to add about the Dulahan, aka the Dark Man, aka the Headless Horseman, aka? No, apparently not. Okay. <laughs> so, if you've seen the Dulahan and like have a legit story. Let us know. We'd love to hear. Absolutely. So let's talk about uh, Banshees. Also, not a fan of gold. This we know from, from at least from the from huge show Supernatural. But let's talk about Banshees. Uh, Jane, you had some good notes on, uh, on Banshees. I know uh, Terry's got some good notes on Banshees. Yeah, so there's, there's a lot out there. Um, conflicting and, and so you know what we'll just kind of dive right so the best um, way to do it right at first if i'm wrong i'm wrong but i don't know <laughs> um okay so banshee obviously irish but it goes uh there's banshee in uh scotland and i mean they just seem to kind of transcend all sorts of places so the banshee's known for his mournful wailing scream 
And usually that happens in the night and is believed to foretell the death of a member of the family of the individual, of the individual who hears the spirit. Um, so a banshee can appear in a number of different uh, forms, such as like a beautiful young woman combing her long hair with a silver comb. Uh, she can also appear as a stately matron um, and also as an ugly old hag. So. <laughs> no, it's really not. That's what she said, and literally, you witnessed it. That's what she said. Um, so it's described that the banshee's usually dressed in a gray or white hooded cloak. Um, her scream has also been described as like sonic. Usually, banshees are women. Although I did come across something that said that there has been a couple reports of a male banshee, and they call it a banhee. So when I tried to dive into this one a little bit more, I came up with nothing. So, Never heard of that. Yeah, I was a little surprised. So who does the Banshee cry for? Okay, so the Banshee, according to Irish tradition, Banshee is only able to cry for the five major Irish families. And those families are the O'Neills, O'Briens, the O'Connors, the O'Grady's, and the Kavanaugh's. Um, but over the decades, obviously, intermarriage has extended this select list. Each banshee has their own mortal family, and it's set out the love that she follows the old race across the oceans to distant lands. So if your name's Smith, sorry, there's no warning coming. <laughs> you get blindsided. Is that even Irish, though? Well. What, Smith? Yes. Yeah, I mean. the mix Smith would be in everything. Yeah. But no, it's, I, I also read that the Fitzgeralds um, were added into to that. And then even just it says those that were the, of the high Milesian race, which would be any of the names that have O or Mac as a prefix, which right. that almost includes almost everybody, except for Smiths, unless you're the Mac Smith, which I don't think I've ever seen a Mac Smith. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, continue. No, you're fine. So according to mythology... Uh, if the banshee is spotted, uh, apparently she will then vanish um, into a cloud of mist. And this action will create a sound that is similar to a bird flapping its wings. They've also been known to perch on window sills, apparently, um, until the Sorry, death I was occurs. To give, <laughs> I was trying to do some, some, some effect. Bird <laughs> wings, everybody. Gong. <laughs> So, you know, and, and a lot of people think that, well, the Banshee causes death. And, and, and so, according to Irish folklore, uh, it states that a Banshee doesn't actually cause death, only serves as a warning of it. So, I'm going to go over some of the weaknesses of the Banshee. Uh, so, weakness of the Banshee is said to be cold-forged iron. So, salt can also repair the Banshee, as it is considered pure and something that a spirit world hates. So, funny enough, <laughs> it's the one thing that Supernatural got right. <laughs> well, actually, well, no, because theirs was a malevolent ma- banshee, not a yeah, banshee so linked to fairy lore. Because most ba- banshees are benign. You know, they're actually friendly. They're, they're there. It's a good thing. There was actually, the families wanted a banshee. I mean, granted, they're telling you and foretelling of death, but it prepared the family because then they knew that something was going to happen. So families actually wanted a banshee. Exactly. That's why only the aristocrats could have. But such in the TV things. show with Supernatural and Sam and Dean Winchester, God bless the Winchesters. <laughs> <laughs> there's like I don't even know how much stock he even put onto this TV show, but oh, it's fun! Come on, it is fun. It is fun. 
Um, theirs was a malevolent banshee, and um, there's the scream of that banshee drew the people crazy where they would bang their head hard enough to crack their skull open so the banshee could eat their brains. So basically, it was a zombie banshee. <laughs> That's what I was just going to say. <laughs> it's a cross. So, and, and that banshee also traveled through mist. And um, so there was some stuff that crossed a little bit, and it only prayed at night. Um, but you could kill it with a gold blade. It was a golden blade that they had to stab the banshee with to kill it at the end of the episode. Interesting. And also, according to Dean Winchester, Dean Winchester um, they're dickbacks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there is there is another uh, uh, similar um, sister to the banshee. You know, well, banshees were considered benign. They supposedly have a sister force who isn't, and this was called the Lenin. Now I don't speak Gaelic. I wish I did, but the Lenin Sea. Whatever I, I probably butchered it. But her sole purpose was to seek the love of mortal men. Their desire for her ultimately destroys. So maybe this is kind of a similar thing. She just kind of manipulates them and then beats their brains against a wall and then sucks out their brains like a yolk. Um, so I also read that the tradition of the Banshee dates back to the 8th century um, was that some woman took on the role of a king, mm-hmm. which is a person who vows or sings in grief for a dead person, right? Uh, at funerals, where they sang sad songs at a graveside. The best keeners attended the funerals of the Athena and well-known people and were well paid by the wealthy families. Many powerful found families referred to their keeners as being side or fairy women, and fairies being more talented singers than the human race. Um, this is where the name Banshee was. That's what I got. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, you know, like this kind of goes in like the whole professional mourners, and that's not anything that's new. I mean, lots yeah. of cultures have professional mourners. I've been paid to mourn. Wow. How do you get that job? <laughs> Tell us more. I'm interested. <laughs> Me too. I'll, I'll send you the... Okay, I'm, gonna be honest, I'm really not interested. I just don't care. <laughs> oh, someone died, huh? Gift. Yeah, that sucks. It's a good job. <laughs> okay. So, moving on from the Banshees, what else? else? Yeah, was there anything else yet? Yeah, actually... Oh. Um, well, then continue. I have a little more, guys. Um, bear with me. That's what so, she said. So, according... <laughs> According to um, romantic Irish legend, the comb that she uses, the silver comb, to comb, comb her long hair, um, she also uses it to lure innocent souls into their doom. And that's why when people see like a comb on the ground, they never pick it up um, because others who've seen gross. it. Gross. Yeah. If you pick it up, it it's your doom, basically. Oh, so I thought it's it was like, lice. I was going to say, for lice, right? Yeah. That's, well, that's what I would have thought, but apparently <laughs> we're, we're wrong on we're that. We're all wrong. And so there's um, an old Irish poem that refers to the appearance of the Banshee in the morning. So I'm going to read this real quick. Hast thou heard the Banshee at morn, passing by the silent lake, or walking in the fields by the orchard? Alas, that I do not rather behold, white garlands in hall of my father's. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's next? All right, so those are the Banshees. I did also want to add just there is a uh, Marvel superhero called Banshee. Uh, one of the things I was actually in, in investigating a little more today. Uh, he is a male and he has all this sonic boom stuff. So basically, he can control everything with his sonic voice. He can fly, he can fly the speed of sound, he can hover, he can make your 
go crazy with and he can even it's not even a hearing thing he can also like vibrate your skull and so anyway yeah so that's awful superhero legends based <laughs> off of the old legends that's but he's a good guy though one of the x-men doesn't sound like a good guy. No, it does not sound <laughs> like no, a good guy. No, but he only uses powers for good. We're just like not for evil. Yeah, see, everything that can be a weapon for good or for evil. Okay, so uh, let's talk about the pukas. The pukas. Tell us about, Larry, what do you got about pukas? Oh, um, okay, so the puka is the most feared type of Irish fairy. Puka. They are violent tricksters who emerge solely at night. So it wasn't puka as one. Puka. That would be that would be more it. Um, Pukas often take uh, the form of black horse with golden eyes and long, wild, flowing mane. They've also been known to take the form of a dog, rabbit, goat, goblin, or even a man. I also have the donkey or hairy boogeyman. Hairy. An eagle. They take they're shapeshifters. They can change into anything. A Pikachu. What's a boogeyman look like? I don't and, know. And then you got a, a hairy, hairy one. It's a hairy boogeyman. It's a hairy boogeyman. Josh, you looked in the mirror. I think it's the like, legends. I try not to. I think that you know the the names of things morph over time, and I think it was eventually the start off as a booger man. <laughs> so it looked like a booger, and this one had hair on it. It's like a big walking booger. It is, it is a shape sifter, but it's typically like a ground creature. But it has been known to be an eagle. So I I don't. It's everything. It's a little bit of everything. Yeah. What else do you got, Lauren? Um, as a horse, they stampede at night, trampling fences, properties, and crops. If chickens or cows see a puka, they will be too traumatized to produce eggs or milk for weeks. Scary. So then you know who to blame when your cow stops giving milk. Yeah. Or when the or when the neighbors teenage. I always like to blame teenagers for some reason. I'm like a cranky old man. But like when something tramples over the hedges, oh, it was the puka that did it. It wasn't me. <laughs> Again, easy teenager excuses. It was, it was the Jersey Devil that wrecked the car, Dad. I mean, come on. I think that farmers, too, they would leave. I read somewhere they would leave like their crops or share their crops out, hoping that would kind of appease them so they would leave them alone. Um and they had, pukas are said to have mastered human speech. And so they would use this to call their victims' names one by one from outside their house. The person emerges, if the person emerges, they are dragged away by the puka. But if no one comes outside, the puka will vandalize the property. So you're, it's a lose-lose. <laughs> I'd rather have my property destroyed than be killed. Amen. But yeah. does that mean Mr. Ed's a puka? No. no, he's a he's a horse, of course. I know. Yeah, they would leave parts of their well, crop kind of as an offering to the puka the for protection. And if they didn't leave part of their crops for um, the, the puka, then their crops would be caused by natural disasters or whatnot because they wouldn't have extortion. Uncool. It is. Uh, uh, many believe that the that pot from Shakespeare's A Midsummer's Night Dream is based on the puka. Oh, that's cool. I can see that. With his mis- mischievous behavior. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I didn't read that, but that totally makes sense now. So, it's, there's also a tale here that King by Brian Baru, Baru. Baru um, actually um, was able to get three hairs from a puka and fashioned a saddle out of three hairs. How? Oh, I have no idea. But then he was able to ride the puka. And since he was able to ride the puka, he was able to make a deal 
And the two deals that he made was one, a puka couldn't destroy anyone's property. And two, the puka could never harm an, harm an Irish man unless that Irish man was drunk and out at night for ill intent. Good thinking. But this deal was only kept until King Brian died. And then after King Brian died, the puka was not held accountable for anything and went what? Free range. Free range. Yeah. Wow. Scaring cows. Well, I also, I also read that it, uh, as it takes the form of a horse or a calf, that it rushes between a victim's legs. Did you guys say that? Did I miss that? Okay. That it rushes between a victim's legs, which means it can't be that big of a horse. Because, you know, unless they're really big people. It's a miniature but, horse. Yeah, a miniature horse. Uh, rush between victims' legs and hoist them away for a mad dash across the countryside. Um, and then, like I said, you know, if you were, you'd said that uh, people were drunk or out and up for no good, they would wake up, you know, from being passed out all the way across the countryside. I don't going, know how they got How there. the crap did I get here? And so it also makes a likely story. Uh, a a puka took me over there. <laughs> when really, when really, it was just the, the guys at the bar that just put him in a cab and said. Take him all the way over there. Um, it said also besides horses and cows, it could take the, sh- take the shape of a bird or a bat, which has been known to scratch the face of its quarry. And uh, that it, this ominous spirit lies in wait at suitably eerie places such as a crossroads, fence, or bridge. So if you're walking home from the bar and you're drunk or up to no good, stay away from crossroads. Bushes or fences, or yeah, stay from a crossroad. How are you going to get home? You can't cross the street. Uber. <laughs> <laughs> just hope that the puka takes you the right direction. Yeah, because you wouldn't. Or just stay home. Just stay home. We're, we live in a winning world if everybody's just staying home anyway right now. So. Or just live next to the bar and then you don't yeah. have to cross the street. <laughs> just open your own bar. Exactly. Put a bar in your basement. There you go. You know? It's all good. Hold on, let me jot that down. All right. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about uh, marrows. Who knows anything about a marrow? And this isn't bone marrow either. This is something different. So I have, we have some conflicting research here that I think is really interesting. Um, I have read that do not confuse, but I've read both, but do not confuse the marrow with the mermaid because um, the marrow actually, one report says that they have um, feet, although bigger and longer and webbed hands, they don't have a tail, but they do wear a cap um, that makes them so they can go on land. A cap or a cape. Uh, yeah, or the seal skin cape, I've read as well. Um, but then there's other reports that say they are mermaids and they can go on land and get their legs or whatever with that cap or the seal skin. So there's some different versions here. See, and I heard the seal skin was part of the selkie. Hmm. So the selkies had the, had the seal skin, whereas the marrows have the cap or the cape. See, and I heard the cap was a red feathered cap. Yes, I didn't And selkies are from where, Terry? Scotland. Scotland. And marrows are from Ireland. James Bond, the Rochelle. But I've also heard to them referred, uh, they were also referred to as Morgans um, and water spirits, water names. I've heard, I mean, there's so much out there and 
There's so much. There's yeah, a lot. there's a lot. It's it's confusing. Really. But there's some commonality too. There there's actually marrow men. Yes. Did you read that? Too? Who are horribly ugly, hor- hideously ugly, awful yeah. compared to the yeah. women. Not the everybody. Marrows. Not everybody can be the beautiful ones. No, we're we're blessed. The marrows are absolutely beautiful. That's kind of how our marriage works. She's the beautiful one. <laughs> You're the older. I, I just, I make, I make it look good. He has Marrow. layers. He's like an onion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did we actually refer to these as what they, what people would mostly know them as, mermaids or sirens? I don't think we said that. We didn't that. say no. sirens. We, we did didn't say mermaids. Did you say mermaids? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Laura did say they get confused with mermaids. Yeah. So they're so. also believed to be the ghost of women who had died violent deaths by means of drowning. Wow. I didn't hear that one. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. But our Whatever she's a strong swimmer, she'll be okay. She is a strong swimmer. So I know that with the marrows, um, they have human-like legs and huge flat feet and web fingers, kind of like what Laura was already saying. Um, They don't have the tails. Um, But with their cap and their cape, if a marrow wants to walk on land, she must abandon her cap or her cape. And if a human finds and hides their capper cave, the marrow must agree to become his wife. Yeah, I got that too. Yeah. So, but if the marrow finds her cap or cave, um, she's overtaken by her desire to return to the water. And doesn't matter how many children she has, she loves her children, loves her husband, she will go back to the water every time. Just up and abandon her family and go back to the sea. Her instinct. So we all seen the movie Aquaman. Yes. Yeah. Because isn't that like what his mom kind of happened? You know, she came aboard in the land, fell in love, birthed a child, and then, boom, disappears back to the sea. Back to the sea, yeah. Child abandonment right there. I'd forgotten about that, but yeah. Yeah. See, and there are, there are people, there are Irish that claim to be descendants of Maros who were caught by fishermen. Yeah. So, right down. Yeah. So the other thing I read is the Irish, the Irish were suspicious of these sea fairies who could be violent or friendly by turn. So just at the drop of a you know, yeah, they could just switch. Um, they could be dangerous foes, tales of violence such as pulling arms and legs off of their victims were not uncommon. Scary. Yes. Violent. Uh, one of the other things I, I thought was interesting uh, and kind of comical at the same time, in some parts of Ireland, marrows are regarded as messengers of doom and death. That sounds isn't, like a lot like isn't like, like everything is a message of yeah. Everything is a bad omen. A bad omen. Yeah. It's like, oh no, if you see it, well, even like all the stupid superstitions we have, superstitions we have now, like you see a black cat across your path, it's a, it's like, come on, it's a cat. Yeah. Well, and some of these <laughs> things you got to remember, like this would, this they would tell their kids, even in folklore, to keep them away from the water and to keep them safe, right? So you would tell your kids the story of the mineral. Um, in an attempt to keep them safe, even. So I think all of those are rooted in something similar to that. Okay, do we have any more on the mermaids? Uh, yeah. Um, Tell us songs. more. <laughs> Gladly. Um, so they, their songs are said to be seductive, and they call out to man, like, uh, you know, uh, fishermen, and that lures them to their deaths. So wasn't there something, I mean, I've heard that back, you know, centuries ago that uh, fishermen often uh, mistook manatees as mermaids. I, I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. 
So maybe this is where some of this comes from, you know? Yeah, I think we had been drinking. I don't think Well, then you would have to be. You'd have to be. <laughs> well, yeah. I did a lot of drinking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when you're out on a boat with nothing but guys and fish for a long time, what are, what are you thinking about? You're thinking about the women. It's like the... the and the rum. Well, it's like, you look at this. So in, in the Tetons, right? What do the Tetons stand for? Oh. Right? What I think it is? Yes, Tetons oh. that they when the the Lewis and Clark uh, and the uh, settlers came west on the settlers, but the mountain men came west. They looked at the Tetons and they reminded them of breasts, Ooh, and because that's what they, but that's what was on their minds, like dirty when, when you, yeah, exactly. And so you know when you've been a long time, you haven't even seen a woman for a long time. Even the landscape looks like right. What it's it's what you get, get yeah. And it's, or if you look at uh, one of my favorite movies is Paint Your Wagon. And this is kind of going a little offside, but you know it's a mining camp, and Terry's rolling her eyes, shaking her head, and <laughs> think of all woman comes to the camp, and everyone comes from miles around just to get a look at her. So yeah. I'm sure that all these sailors out there on the sea just had one thing on their mind, one thing they wanted to get back to shore for, to go back and catch themselves some STDs and. <laughs> And so those manatees out there start looking pretty good. They look pretty, pretty good. Ooh. That one's got blonde hair. It's like, that has no hair, dude. <laughs> but aren't manatees uh, Caribbean in here? Would, they wouldn't be in that kind of cold water up by Ireland, would they? That's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, I'm from Utah. They sell all over the place, though. Not necessarily seen in. Well, and that's true. But if you're talking about a, a, a centuries-old legend, I mean, this... Might be before 1492, right? Deep thoughts by Josh. (laughs) (laughs) Deep thoughts. I had some other less so deep thoughts um, (laughs) that revolved around Harry Potter (laughs) and the Goblet of Fire. Because when when Harry Potter jumped into the water, right? Were those sirens? Were those mermaids? Were they those marrows? They had webbed hands. Well, yeah, there was those things with the webbed hands and webbed oh feet. Oh my god, that we had, just like, watched that. What are they called? Did they have feet or tails? No, see, those weren't mermaids, though, because the mermaids actually had, like, the fish tails. Um, they were but they did have sharp teeth, though. The yes, mermaids they did. But they were, they were, like, attractive at first, and then they turned, on a dime, they turned into these crazy, ugly, scary... Things that went after her. Like a lot when of things. When they tried to save the wrong person. Exactly. That's just like anybody. You know, if you do, if you live nice, if you do the right thing, never mind. I'm not going to go there. To say, but you cross a woman and yeah, yeah all I'm of right. a sudden those things come out and it's like, whoa. Yeah, I'm right. Claws too. Claws. Not yeah. just fake. Yeah. yeah. Nice and sweet until you say something ah. stupid and then. Ooh. They were called Grindelows. Oh, Grindelows. It's where it's, it's kind of a squid cross with a piranha. That's what that's what it says. And is that in Ireland? What? No, <laughs> Irish? No, Hogwarts. <laughs> that's Hogwarts. Hogwarts is in Scotland. That'd be British. What, was it Scotland? It's Scotland. British. It's, it's Scotland. Just, ah. I'm just trying to point out how far off track we are. I know, right? We are. We're totally off track. We should so totally cut this let, all out. Let's get back on track. And let's talk about the last of our folklorist creatures and the one that I think most of us um, have been indoctrinated with because we ate his cereal. (laughs) Tony the Tiger. (laughs) (laughs) It would be 
Lucky the Leprechaun and his wonderful Lucky Charms. If you're basing Leprechauns on serial mascots, man, <laughs> sucks to be. I just you. think of the, the, the Leprechaun from um, Austin Powers. Oh, it's a charm. And he has his charm bracelet on. Where <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I always think of uh, Mike Myers. I'm a Leprechaun! It's like when uh, Wayne and Garth. And he scares Garth just with a flashlight. And that's that's making fun of the, actually the Leprechaun, the movie, the I horror mean. movie. But uh, go ahead, tell us about Leprechauns, Josh. Or would you like me to? <laughs> I'll let you tell it. Okay. So before we jump into Leprechauns, just a little bit of backstory. Uh, there were people that uh, were called the good people. Okay. And they were thought to have evolved from the Tatha Dindanaman. Because that's, yeah, that's my... That's great. That's my Utah speaking there. Um, they were an Irish race of gods uh, founded by the goddess Danu. And Irish mythology recounts that a number of successive invasions were ultimately um, they were ultimately defeated by the Milesians, and which are like these the Irish hier- hierarchy. They became like the Irish lords. But so they drove these uh, good people, as they call them, underground. Uh, they were equipped with supernatural powers. And this one's interesting is like, how do these, uh, you know, these mortals, how if, if these, uh, these good people have these powers, these supernatural powers, how do they, how do they defeat them? I don't know. But, uh, but they ended up uh, driving them underground and a lot of the, so the folklore is filled with tales of them seeking vengeance, tormenting those who dwell above the ring, the ground. And, um, so there's lots of different ones. There's different things that you can do to defend against the good people, and I'll talk about those in a minute. But according to folklore, the leprechaun was once part of the community called the Lucrepang, or the Wee Bodies. Now, this isn't making fun of smaller people, but it was just kind of what they had. They had small bodies. Uh, over time, the name became corrupted, and this corruption gave rise to the notion that uh, brog, or brogues, which are shoes, was part of the name. Um... And the, le- the leprechauns became shoemakers for some reason to the the, pe- the good people, as well as the protector of their treasures. So, uh, for whatever reason, leprechauns were identified with some very antisocial personality traits, um, including uh, irascibility, cunning, double talk, and liking for their own company. So, it kind of seems like the goblins from uh, Harry Potter, right? Just kind of. They're very good at protecting the money, and the, they're not really social. They kind of would rather be by themselves. They're antisocial. Yeah, just um, very smart. Uh, in uh, the county Kildare, the name the, the name Lurikeen, um is appears to be the name for leprechaun, which that makes sense too. Uh, there's still other monikers elsewhere, uh, but throughout the, com- the country, the folklore is the same when it comes to his haunts, his habits. The hidden crocs of gold. Um, if you should wish to, to seek one out, they're usually found very found, found near very old castles. And they're always engaged in making shoes for some reason. Um, and it said, but always one, never a pair, which never made any sense to me. Um, and any of the stuff I was reading, I'm like, why only one shoe? Well, if you get lucky and you catch one leprechaun who makes a left shoe and one leprechaun who makes a right shoe, you can make a pair. Yeah, but you also may end up with two left shoes 
Which is great if you got two left feet. Which, but how do you know you're you're gonna end up with a left and a right, not two left? Well, if it comes up with two left, at least I'm good because I have two left. Feet. Then you're destined to be a crappy dancer. I can vouch for two left feet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so but as the story goes, if if you find one of these crafty rascals, uh, you should draw him close without making a sound, and quickly take him in your grasp. So you just reach out, and grab him. You demand to know where the crocs of gold are hidden, and but don't let him distract you. Because if he's like, apparently they're masters of the whole base. They're like, look over there, what is that? And people fall for it, and then boom, he's gone. So, um, but if you take your eyes off for just an instant, it says he'll disappear. And uh, yeah, so interesting enough, uh, he has a cousin called the Red Man which is a relation to the, rep- to the leprechaun, but he dresses all in red and is amused by mortal terror and supposedly gives you terrifying nightmares. So just talk about that, you know, that red cousin. Anyway, back to the leprechauns. Well, what's what's funny about that, and um, I don't know if any of you have actually watched The Simpsons at all, but they've got, in, in one uh, episode, they introduce uh, the green re- leprechaun. And then, I think it was a season or two later, they introduced his arch rival, the Red Leprechaun, and then they get into a big fight. <laughs> well, okay, originally, Leprechauns wore red. Originally. They were red before they were. I read that, but there's also, going along with what Mike said, there's also um, the Fardarig, which is the Leprechaun's evil twin, which is red. Mm-hmm. So, which would you rather run across, the green one or red one? The green one. Neither one's friendly. Neither. I want the gold. But how many people have actually gotten a leprechaun's gold? I know a few people. Do you? I, I got it in preschool. <laughs> I got, well, I got a box of it, and it had little pots of gold in it. I got those little coins <laughs> in oh, that mesh bag that are chocolate. Look. That. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ironically, that's also pirate gold, too. Oh, yeah. that yeah. It, it doubles. Yeah. Um. So... Interesting other thing, there there are no female leprechauns. None. Zero. Right? Zero. Which would also... How are there so many of them? Which would also... Well, they are supernatural beings, though, because they are um, part of the good people, right? So... You'd think there'd be at least one, like a Smurfette or something. Why do you you think they're so so crusty and mean? Yeah, because they're not getting any. There's no female leprechauns. Um, I detect a theme of you, Lara, tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be me too. <laughs> so, um, so anything else you guys want to throw on like, leprechauns before I kind of go back to the good people? Yeah. So what's interesting is we we were just kind of hitting on it, right? Is that leprechauns? There's been many reports of different looks and how they how they are in those things. Funny enough, it wasn't until 1825 by the same uh, Mr. Croker, who wrote the first rendition of his book at that time. And that's when that uh, the whole solidification of what leprechauns look like was actually um, solidified at that point in time. It wasn't until then. So up until that point in time, there were one color or a different color, and then, boom, in 1825, they're all the same. So all through history, they could have looked like garden gnomes or... So Starfield killing the little people. Yeah. You know, and I've heard something too about it said, um, but 
Um, but other stories of leprechaun might kidnap you, replace your infant with the changeling. So here we're bringing in a changeling, which we're not talking about, but or even kill you if you came too near to his treasure. See, yeah, I know that fairies did a lot of stuff with with the abducting children's children as well. Yeah. yeah, they would like offer their children to the fairies in some cases too for safety. Isn't it also reported that leprechauns are uh, at least one point in a fairy? Or a type of fairy. They are. A water fairy yeah. is what I heard. A water dweller or a, something along those lines. Which again goes into yeah. these these good people. It's like <laughs> supernatural. According to D. Yeah. So again, it goes into this this whole race of aka the good people. I saw it. They call the good people lots of times. But probably because they're afraid of pissing them off. Rather than calling them those darn fairies or something. Anyway. Um, Did you talk about what happens if you actually catch one? Um, besides getting its gold, besides yeah. getting its gold, no. They have to grant you three wishes. Oh, that's true. I thought that was a genie. Well, to that as well. Genies do that too, but they are very so tricky. Arabian le- labor. The Arabian leprechauns have to grant you. They're very tricky with their wishes, though, because you got to be careful what you wish for. You do. They're sneaky. They're they can sneaky. turn it because they will turn it on you, and yeah, well, they can grant wishes, but if it's out of greed. They will make sure that you get your... So you have to enunciate, too. Be very careful. Don't well, ask for a 10-inch pianist. There was one tale of a, of a man who captured a leprechaun and wished to be taken to the gold. <laughs> the leprechaun showed the man the tree under which the gold was hidden, but the man didn't have a shovel to uncover the treasure. So he set the leprechaun free and marked the tree with his garter so he could go and get a shovel. However, when he returned... He found every tree in the area had an identical garter tied to it. They're sneaky. Yeah, they're sneaky. Be careful what you wish for. The interesting thing is that they said that the uh, the way to find one is if you listen very carefully, you can hear the tap, tap, tap of them pounding little tiny nails into shoes. The little cobbler. Yeah, they were cobblers. They were yeah. cobblers. Hmm. Or watchmakers. Listen. So what do they, what do they do when they're tap tapping on their shoes and they run away? Are they like running going tap 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 tap? tap? <laughs> <laughs> just curious. Okay, so just I know what to listen run. for. You can't you can't leave your shoe behind. Well, obviously. <laughs> do I just follow the tap tap tap? You really should. Okay. Hey, if, if you're fortunate to hear no, the tapping at all, you just just let us know. Okay. Marco Polo is. I will. <laughs> So, um, so that's kind of a another another thing. Uh, they also like to ride uh, big wheels or tricycles. Isn't that from the Leprechaun movie, <laughs> the horror movie? I've never watched it. I've never watched it either. Isn't that with Jennifer Aniston? Oh, there's like me like it is. Crime. <laughs> yes, Jennifer Aniston is. There are so many of them. I almost how many? Uh, oh, hold on, I'll tell you. How many <laughs> they actually just made one in 2013. Are, Are you kidding? kidding? I'm not kidding. Maybe <laughs> it's time to do a teen movie now. Okay, right? they're, they're not good. Okay. We were going to. Oh watch. no, I know that. <laughs> but this isn't like The Conjuring or Annabelle. These are like things that make you go, "Wow." <laughs> I mean these these are these are cartoon. They're 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 funny. Oh, that's a scary looking. That's from the movie. Well, that's not, from the movie. They're not, they're not pretty. They're not. No. 
That's what happens when there's no female leprechauns. You start to look like that. <laughs> you just let yourself go. <laughs> okay, Jennifer Addison wasn't done in 1993. There's one, two, three, seven, eight different leprechaun movies. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and people keep buying tickets and going. Right, there was one done in 2014. That was the leprechaun origins. I know what we're doing next. Backyard movie night. I want to watch. Can I just be a long night? Can we watch Leprechaun in the Hood? <gasps> Are you kidding? Is that what they do? There's a Leprechaun in the Hood. It was oh. made in 2000. We'll do a marathon. Is it like gangs of Leprechauns? I don't know. I haven't watched it. <laughs> I, I can see that going sideways I tried very to fast. I tried to convince Mike to watch one of these as we were doing our research. And he wouldn't. Oh, party party. Yeah. But he let oh, me watch yes. Supernatural, so I did my research from Supernatural. I'll, I'll be honest. my candy. <laughs> I'll be honest, I was lying on the couch with a headache and a CPAP on. And a blanket over his head. <laughs> and a blanket over my head. Aww. Um, so anyway, the, all the fairies, leprechauns, a lot of these people really were based off of this big race. This wide-ranging race of, of uh, fairies called the Good People. Um, who were pretty much against all those who were above ground and who were mortal. So none of them, leprechauns, red leprechaun guy, red man... <laughs> fairies, any of them really like mortals. The ways that you could protect yourself, uh, folks who went out and about at night would bring along a piece of glowing coal or turf stuck on a stake or a fork. If they were attacked, they would thrust the burning weapon towards the spirit's mouth. This calls them a spirit, but apparently there were people. Anyway, this would usually stop the attack, but uh, people would also bring lanterns in case the wind and rain extinguished the flames. So, these lanterns were meant purely as a defense against supernatural beings and not intended to light the way. So, when you see, like, the old legends and they have, like, the old lantern going out in front of them. I mean, honestly, have you ever walked down a trail holding a lantern out in front of your face? What do you see? Not a damn thing. Right? Lanterns are pretty soon to blind you. But it protects you from all the, uh, the evil. Um, fleeing into a graveyard or jumping across a creek were other options. And it was believed that the good people couldn't follow you into a graveyard or across water. Um, religious folk were aware of the nightly danger. So most of these times, these, these things would come out of dark. And they would put their trust, the religious people put their trust in holy water. It was transported in a handful of twisted stalks or straw, about six inches long, which had been dipped into the consecrated water. And this is called a deshrade. That one I know is right because it hasn't spelled out phonetics. So, <laughs> my only Gaelic word for the night, Gaelic. Uh, and it was carried in one hand, the arm stretched out in front of the carrier. Some uh, who even claim, claim not to believe in supernatural still wouldn't going wouldn't dream of going out at night without a dish raid. And apparently that's, uh, according to what I read, that that's a very common thing that people carry those. Now I'd go to Ireland and find that they're like, what the heck were you reading and what were you smoking? What I find interesting is they're called the good people, but they don't seem very good. They just seem very malevolent, very angry. Dick bags. <laughs> also, according to Dean Winchester, to really distract them, you just have to drop salt or sugar on the ground, and then the leprechauns have to stop and count every little single grain that you drop on their. And then, 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 then you can ju- and then you can just stab them with gold or iron or whatever. Or you no, can shoot him. No, he didn't kill him. There was a 
a banishing spell. Oh, they did, they, they did a spell on that one. They yeah. did a banishing spell that made all of the leprechauns and fairies disappear. They got sucked away into the 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 you universe. You blew up a fairy in a microwave in that yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't remember that. I need to go watch that. Yeah, it was like a little Tinkerbell thing that was kicking his butt and he trapped it in the microwave. And the guy, he's like, wait, nipples? Because <laughs> it was a little naked woman. Yeah, he's like, it was a beautiful naked lady. She had nipples. <laughs> but he got her in the microwave, popped it. But he's the only one who could see. Like, don't you see all that yuck? All that yuck? And I think it was season and, six. And, and according to that episode as well, alien abductions were also... A cover-up by the fairies. Uh, but the leprechaun was using alien abduction as a co- as a cover to distract them from the leprechauns and the fairies. Who were abducting the people. Town. But they were only abducting the firstborn male of the town. Anyways, that's totally off. No, I think that actually falls into uh, kind of how this Irish folklore has actually kind of influenced our lives in general, right? Oh, yeah. Because if you look at it, you know, Lucky the Leprechaun with Lucky Charms cereal, right? But yeah, but you also have Tinkerbell, yeah, Ariel, mm-hmm. Mermaid, Banshees, Splash, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, so it was season six, six of Supernatural, episode nine, titled "Clap Your Hands If You Believe." Go <laughs> watch it, everybody. Because <laughs> you clap, research. You clap your hands to believe in Tinkerbell to bring her back. Yeah. Anyways, oh yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. No, but that's a valid point, Josh. Like no. you don't even realize how how far that you know their folklore has spread and how much it has attributed. And we've been exposed to as we you know grown up and through the years. And you don't even realize it. Yeah, don't even realize it. Well, who, I don't. Who hasn't heard the term "screaming like a banshee"? You know, just and you don't even realize. You don't think about what what it is. What is a banshee that's screaming? You know. Yeah. yeah. And so I mean. You look at the you know St. Patrick's Day, right? So we then obviously that was just this last Wednesday, and everyone celebrates that. But you know, it's like no one even thinks twice anymore about that, or even Halloween, right? Yeah. Um, which is very Irish in in tradition as well. And so there's all of these things that have influenced our lives here in the U.S. that we no longer think about it or, or the actual roots of, of where that stuff comes from. Nor do we even know. Well, exactly. Well, there's a lot of similarities to elves with all that, too, with the, with the fairies and with the leprechauns and stuff. Because, I mean, in the movie Elf, even, he talks about, you know, the elves who aren't aren't good enough to work at the North Pole, they make shoes. Yeah. yeah. Or they bake cookies. Um, you know, but yet, yeah, leprechauns supposedly make shoes. So, I mean... There's a reference there? I don't know. There's, there's similarities all over the place, which tells you that they have to be true. They are. Because, yeah, multiple stories, you know, uncorroborated all, all yeah. at the same time. All matching up. But it's real. It's yes. all real. I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe. <laughs> I, believe. <laughs> I believe there's a lot to cut out of this episode. <laughs> so, all right, we'll leave it with that because... I think it was a great episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. Um, I hope you all had a, sing- a happy St. Patty's Day. And, uh, yeah, go check us out. Uh, go to our websites. Again, on social media, we got the Facebook pages, we got Instagram. Um, what are our websites? What are the websites again, Josh? So, our website is paranormalhope.com. What is Paranormal Hope? So, if you are experiencing any issues in your home that you'd like to, uh, to have us come look at and uh, help you out, 
you just go on to our website and uh, fill out the form and we'll uh, get in contact. And if you don't have anything going on in your home, good for you. That's awesome. But you can still find us on our Facebook pages at... So, uh, at Cold Spot Terminal Research. We have a Facebook page and a Facebook group. And we also have the Facebook group Paranormal Peak Podcast. So come check us out. If you have something fun to say, just pop us a message, pop us a direct message. If you have a fun story, well, all right. And then uh, our Instagram page, Cold Spot <laughs> underscore Paranormal underscore Research. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Go have fun. Go do something fruitful with your life. Stay ghosty, my peeps. Thank you for listening to the Paranormal Peeps Podcast. You can find us on social media at Twitter at CPR Paranormal, on Facebook at Paranormal Peeps Podcast, and Cold Spot Paranormal Research. And you can find us on Instagram at Cold Spot underscore Paranormal underscore Research.